from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Let's get it started. Number five. Panthers held their fan fest last night. 40,000 fans, Bank of America Stadium, and a practice. I There is something funny about it. It's kind of spring game nature, right? If you call it a fan fest, maybe everybody won't notice that it's just uh, just a practice. Like a, like a walkthrough practice. Yeah. Now they, they they did some some real action. Uh, although I, I I saw this and and I agree with it. Um, it turns out fans really like even half speed drills as long as they include a lot of deep balls being thrown. Uh, Bryce Young, I mean everything he does is going to be matched with oohs and ahs. Everything he does is going to be matched with with uh, light bulbs flashing and, and everything else that can come with it. So. You know, put 40,000 people in the stands. It's going to be a spectacle, and that's what it was. And that's what it's there for, right? Drum up excitement. Remind everybody that you have the number one overall pick, and it's not last year where you have Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, and and get everybody ready for week one. That's what it's there for. That's what it did. Congratulations to the Carolina Panthers for having a fan fest and fulfilling all of the necessary regulations of a fan fest. Would have been hard to mess up, but that doesn't mean you didn't get it right. Uh, let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. More news out of Iowa. Ooh, not good news. When it comes to players of many different sports being implicated in gambling allegations. The latest two drawing headlines, Iowa backup kicker Aaron Blom and uh, former Iowa basketball player Aaron Ulis, who uh, is has since transferred to Nebraska. I will say this. The good news is out there somewhere, uh, meaning it's not good for the players, not good for anybody that knew what was going on. And both of them were uh, using accounts registered to family members. Uh, the, the kicker was was using his mom's account on a, a sports book, and the basketball player was using his brother's uh, account registered to his brother's name. Not good for them. Not good for teammates. Not good for Iowa and Iowa State as a whole because they keep getting brought into this. However, uh, this comes from an ESPN.com article. One of the state agencies involved in the ongoing investigation of alleged sports wagering violations by Iowa and Iowa State athletes announced today no evidence had been discovered to suggest the outcome of any contest involving the schools was affected by gambling interests. Two, two reactions. One, that's very good. It feels like a bullet dodged. Uh, no players that were active in games bet on games that they were active in, just bench players. Two, how can you say no evidence when you know a player on the sideline of a game had bet the under in that game? That does feel like there's a little bit more than no. Maybe indirect evidence, maybe anecdotal evidence, but maybe more than no. Still, as I said earlier, I'm going to stand by it. The thing that hasn't happened yet, and the NCAA's fingers crossed, holding their rabbit's foot, grabbing the lucky horseshoe, doing wishing it 11 on 11 a.m. and p.m. Does not happen. The thing that hasn't happened yet and they're wishing doesn't happen is they haven't found a player that bet on a game that they played in. And it looks like Iowa... Uh, as a state kind of avoided that fate, which is very, very important. Let's get to number three. 
The United States women's national team is playing, what would we say, Sunday, 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. on Sunday against Sweden. Against Sweden as their first elimination game. However, they kind of had an elimination game at the end of their group play, and they didn't play well. They escaped with a draw against Portugal, a team they were supposed to beat by a bunch, according to all of the experts and odds makers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they got a little bit of help from the other game going on in their group, so they advanced anyway. One win, two draws, not very impressive by United States women's national team standards. And then it got uglier from there, right? Carly Lloyd, a multiple-time World Cup champion with the United States women's national team, called out the current players for dancing and smiling on the field after their draw against Portugal earned them an advancement. And uh, she was not a fan of it. She called the post the player of the game. Yeah. Because Portugal hit the post in extra time in the second inning or stoppage time in the second half, I should say. Uh, And if that one would have been just a little bit inside that post, the United States would have been going home. Uh, So Carly Lloyd was not very optimistic or happy with the performance. I thought thought you should hear from some of the current players, especially the veterans. Here's Alex Morgan on uh, the readiness of the team moving forward. This team is, I think, is ready um, for this round of 16 game. These players have shown so much in the last couple of games, and I think that, you know, this isn't the first time in my career that we've gone through second in the group. Um, That happened in 2011. We got to the finals, and we're unlucky in penalties. So um, I believe that this is a group that'll get us um, to the final again, but we have to take it one step at a time. One step at a time I like. Not hitting the panic button I like. I don't love the whole we've been here before thing because Alex Morgan might have been there before. 2011 is a long time ago in international soccer. Many of your teammates haven't, right? And just because your 2011 team had the DNA to fight back, I don't know how comforting that is when, you know, you have teammates that were, what, nine years old when that was going on (laughs) or in third grade. Megan Rapino is another of the veterans on the, the current squad. She's already announced her retirement coming up later, I believe this year. Uh, here she is on the confidence of the team. I just think we will. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, even when we, you know, have a draw like that or times that we've lost or times that we haven't played well, I just always feel like we're going to win. I think I have a lot of experience behind me um, knowing that and being in so many of those big moments. Um, I've seen all these players do it in the league. I've seen all these players do it on this team. So, I just would never bet against us. Wouldn't bet against you. Neither would I. I would never bet against the United States. Maybe someone in Iowa will, but uh. Uh, but but I won't. Uh, to me, the, the listen, big scheme scheme of things. What were they supposed to say? Right? They played poorly and escaped. They backed into. Right, the whole beep, 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 backed into the next round. They made it to the elimination round. It's it's not worth throwing people under the bus. But behind closed doors, I hope Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino were not as nice. You want them to sit there and say, "Yeah, we stink. We're not going past the round of eight. To the media, to the public, I get it. Right, you put on the hey, I'm confident we're going to bounce back. I trust the the women in the locker room. I know what they're made of. Behind closed doors, I hope the veterans looked at the the youngsters and said, "This isn't okay." Right, we got to be better. And maybe more colorful language than that, but we're on radio. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. 
Again, the starting five brought to you by Window Nation. Number two is football tonight. Hall of Fame game. So kind of football tonight. But it's it's real to the players out there. This is <laughs> this is what I talk about. Uh, I say this all the time. Football is perfect for the American attention span. Right? Your favorite team plays once a week. So you 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 look forward to that day all week. You watch it, right? And then you break it down and then you move on and then you're so ready for a game the next week. Also, the offseason is perfect. We're, we're, we're thirsting for any bit of football. They give us a drop. Right? That's all the Hall of Fame game is. It's drop. But it's going to taste delicious because we haven't had a drink of water in months. So that drop is going to invigorate us. And then the preseason will be the like a, a shot glass of water. And then opening week is a fire hose. And it's, and it's perfect. So tonight we have the Hall of Fame game. It's the Jets. It's the Browns. Uh, it's Zach Wilson trying to rebuild whatever value he had as the number two overall pick. It's players trying to make the darn team. And do you know what else it is? And I, I've got a, a, a buddy that I went to middle school and high school with who he was, I think he was on the Cardinals, but but don't quote me on that. He's a receiver. And he played exactly like two weeks in the NFL. He made a camp roster. He went to the Hall of Fame game. He made one catch, and he was cut the next week. And guess what he does? Probably too much. Posts the video of that one catch. There are guys out there today who will, or tonight I should say, that will make the biggest highlights of their career in the third quarter with everybody saying the game doesn't matter. So it does matter, just maybe not to us in the same way that regular seasons matter. But it does matter to someone. There's some parents out there that are going to be sweating over how their their sons play in the third and fourth quarter tonight. And I'm sure there are a lot of guys out there that realize, like, you know what? I'm outmatched here, but this is but but this is my chance. Oh, like yeah. you know what? This is my chance, my last opportunity probably to actually play snaps. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a preseason game, but I get to play football one more day. Defensive backs, if the ball's in the air, take a chance, go get it. Yeah. If you get beat, you probably weren't making the team anyway. Exactly. But if you get it, you might hang around another week. You never know. And it's and it's the same with with everybody else on that that roster, right? You, they gave you a jersey, you might as well play. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it. And if you at least get it like an autograph signed by Darrell Revis, right? Because he's going into the, the Hall of Fame. Joe Klecko. Uh, Joe Thomas also going in. I believe that's the, the Browns rep and many others. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is tonight, though. So guess where I'll be? About 8 o'clock. You can watch it on WREL. There you go. I, I absolutely will. TV5. I that's guess where I'll be at 5 o'clock watching WREL uh, sitting on my couch. Uh, let's get to number one. Go how about the impact that Florida State's Board of Trustees meeting from yesterday is having on college sports? The impact is it's forcing everybody to have the conversations that they probably were having um, under their breath, mumbled to people they care about in public. Even something like this. The Pac-12 has been in trouble, right? The Pac-12 lost Colorado. They had already lost USC and UCLA. The rumors are Washington and Oregon have one foot out the door. The Pac-12's in trouble. And uh, up until today, I haven't really heard much worry, right? There hasn't been a chicken little running around screaming the sky is falling 
even though most of us were looking at a weather report going, it looks like the sky's going to be falling on the West Coast pretty soon. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away until we have uh washington state's head football coach jake dickert who was talking to the media about the impact that television money and individual schools uh greed and 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 um i guess greed might not be the term um um advancement right the individual want to better yourself at the 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 expense of others Dicker got after it. Here is the uh, the head coach of Washington State. It's one of those things, you know, guys, we, we got to control what we can control. You know, it, it's amazing to me, you know, how, you know, the old question, how long would it take TV money to destroy college football? Maybe we're here. You know, maybe we're here. You know, to think even remotely five years ago, the Pac-12 would be in this position. It's unthinkable to think that we're here today. And to think that local rivalries are at risk and fans driving four hours to watch their team play in a road game and rivalries is at risk, to me, is unbelievable. Okay, and I know our place at the table, but at the end of the day, Pac-12 football and Pac-12 brand, man, if we stay together, is really strong and we'll have a strong future. I firmly believe in that, you know. So uh, it's important, you know, that we stay focused here in the now and maximizing what we can. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think it's uh, – we'll look back on college football in 20 years and be like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, let's let our guys stay regional. Let's play. Let's preserve the Pac-12 and what it is. You know, so I'll let the people that make those decisions make those decisions. But at the end of the day, we can focus on right here, right now, and maximizing this team. How about it, Jake Dickert? I said up till now we hadn't had the the person running around saying that the sky is falling. Sounded a little bit like the sky is falling. The sky is falling, right? College football will never be the same. It's 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 what's up with regional rivalries and and you know what? I get it. And I agree with some of it. Right? When I when I hear something like Maybe North Carolina fits better with the Big Ten and NC State fits better with the SEC and and what does this do to Duke? Or when I hear UVA, Big Ten, Virginia Tech, SEC, or any of these rivalries, I get really, really bummed out because those conference rivalries are important. And even if you do the whole Clemson-South Carolina thing where you're like, we promise to do a non-conference, it's not the same. It's not. But now we get into, like, moral questions, right? Like, let's say, let's just say, and I'm not going to name names, but we'll, we'll put Florida State on this side of the fence. Let's say there are 14, not let's say, there are 14 teams in the, the ACC, 14 and a half if you include Notre Dame. Let's say there are seven that are the bigger brands, that when a media contract comes up, that's who the, the media is most interested in. We'll just draw a line down the middle, seven and seven. Florida State is one of those. The other seven are the ones that are 
meaning the seven that don't bring as much branding, don't bring as much of the the sizzle and the 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 fanfare. They're the ones that are at risk in a big way of being left behind. And that's what Washington State was dealing with there, right? In the Pac-12, if there's the haves and the have-nots, right, the ones the media is interested in, the ones the media are not interested in, it's going to be USC, UCLA, Cal, Oregon, Washington, Stanford. Those are the ones everyone's interested in. Arizona for basketball. Washington State would be in the other category. So they're looking around going, well, yeah, USC and UCLA left. Yeah. If Oregon and Washington leave, we're going to be in a really hard spot, and we're not going to have the regional rivalries, and we're not going to have this, and it's going to be difficult for us. And and I'm with it. I agree. But now let me ask you this. Is it USC's responsibility to make sure Washington State is good? Is it Florida State's responsibility to make sure Syracuse is good, right? Because there, there, there are those relationships. Uh, we've heard, and, and I've talked about this, the schools that are both in the same state and get state funding, they are kind of in it together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, I, I don't think North Carolina is going anywhere without NC State. I don't think NC State's going anywhere without North Carolina. I don't, I don't think Tech and UVA, similar situation. I think they kind of have each other's back. But should... Florida State have Boston College's back because that's kind of what would need to happen to preserve the conferences as they now stand. Unless you're talking full-scale rebuilds, right? You're talking completely like the conference structure gone. Start from square one. Because, like, I get it, right? Yeah. When I'm flipping, we talk a lot, and we have talked a lot because we're we're kind of sports junkies, Dennis and I, about the the flipping through channels. Mm-hmm. And you see a game, oh, I'll stop here, right? I'll stop watching uh, the speed rerun with Keanu Reeves on TBS. <laughs> yeah. That's that seems to be constantly going for you know this game. It's I'm way more likely to do that if Oregon is involved <laughs> than I am if. Uh, Arizona State's involved, right? So they're like, I get why media wants the big names more, right? I get why the they carry more weight on the open market. I get why Florida State would think they have as much leverage as they do. I don't think they actually do, but I get why they would think it. Is it on them to make sure Washington State doesn't have to run around screaming or the Washington States of the ACC without naming names? Don't have to run around screaming the sky is falling. I think it's the responsibility of college athletics as a whole to make sure that the fa- the fabric of what made college sports so great, it's the in-state, regional rivalries, things along mm. those lines, that's what makes college sports so great. Completely agree. So isn't it the responsibility of college sports as a whole to make sure that stays intact? Because if you tear that away, you're tearing away one of the biggest pieces that makes college sports so fascinating. Completely agree. I just don't know if there is any entity out there, and I don't think it's the NCAA. I don't know if there's any entity out there powerful enough to force the schools to protect that. If It's a it, conscious decision. That's the thing. If a school wants to put their own interests above even the interests of let's keep college sports, what make college sports college sports yeah like if they want to put 
hey, let's get $10 million more million from a network for our program above let's keep rivalries that we've had for 100 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anyone that can stop them. I'll tune into a rivalry game. For example, if Heck when yeah. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are playing, I'll watch that. Pitt, West Virginia. Yes. Like, like the fact that that finally came back after like 10 all years. Of them. All of them. Like, all those things matter. You know? I'll, Heck yeah. I'll tune in. Like you mentioned like flipping through channels. It's late. Like, oh, that's right. It's the, the Oregon-Oregon State game. I'll, I know Oregon's better. I'll, I'll still tune in because it's a rivalry game. And that stuff intrigues me. USC, UCLA. I love the tradition does matter in college sports. And I think we're losing a big time piece of that right now. And, and, and that hurts. Yes. And, it, and, it, and it's going to come down to this and it's another thing. It's the only entity strong enough to make sure those are preserved. There's only, it's not one entity, but the only like a uh, job, right? The, the occupation, the people that can preserve that television execs. Yes. Tele- television execs, whoever is the ones cutting the deal for ESPN, Fox, CBS, now I guess Apple, they have to tell the Atlantic Coast Conference, they have to tell the SEC, they have to tell the Big Ten and the Pac-12, we're not interested in you unless you bring the what I consider the secret sauce of college with you, right? I don't want the ACC if I don't have Duke, North Carolina basketball. Right? I don't want the ACC if I don't have Florida State, Miami. I don't want the ACC if I don't have the 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 rivalries. So if Florida State's going to walk, guess what? They don't bring anything to me elsewhere, unless I guess they go to the the SEC because you could say Florida Florida State would be the rivalry. But but like if if North Carolina goes to the Big Ten, if North Carolina, UVA, pair up, go to the Big Ten, I'm going to tell the Big Ten, I've, I don't need that. I don't want them going without their rivals. I want the rivals to be package deals. I'm going to sell more advertisements during the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game than I am during the Oklahoma-Vanderbilt game. So Oklahoma better stay in the Big 12. Yeah. Right? That's the kind of stuff that, that only the media can do because they have the money and money makes the world go round. Earlier today, to stay on this subject, Bubba Cunningham, North Carolina's athletic director, and the ADs are also part of this, right? They get to help steer everything. Uh, Bubba Cunningham, North Carolina's athletic director, uh, talked to Adam Gold right here on this network, and, and he said this about Florida State wanting to leave the ACC. If they want to leave, then you know that's going to be their choice. But there are certain obligations that they do have. We have an exit fee and we have a grant of rights. Mm -hmm. I believe that the ACC is a great league. It's been a great league for a long time. Their frustration about the money, everyone would like to have more money and everyone would like to win more. But we're in a, we're in an outstanding league. And if last I checked, the ACC won nine national championships last year, more than any other league in the country. So we're doing something right now. I don't think it take, I don't think you have to have the most money to win the most games. And I think we've demonstrated that over over the years. Now, again, I do think that um, they have decisions that they need to make. It may or may not have an impact on us. But again, what we're trying to do at Carolina is make the ACC the best it can possibly be. Everyone wants more money. Everyone wants to win more games. I agree. I hope 
everyone also wants to preserve what made us all fall in love with college sports, most of us as children, right? The fight song, play for your colors, right? The the, the team colors, the alma mater, the the team that's three and seven against the team that's nine and one going into a rivalry game, and what do the announcers say? Throw in the a, records out. In a rivalry game like this, you can throw the records out. I don't think anyone says that when Texas squares off against Kentucky. In a rivalry game, in an SEC conference rivalry game like like Texas against, uh, I mean, you could go down the whole Vanderbilt. list. Vandy, right? Texas against, or Oklahoma uh, against Auburn. You throw the records out. This is not what happens. I hope someone's watching out for that. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. To switch notes to a serious conversation, there's never really an easy way to jump into these conversations. Uh, the Northwestern lawsuits alleging various degrees of hazing, toxic locker room culture, sexual misconduct, and racial mistreatment are obviously a big hurdle and a big, big problem at Northwestern. Um, but it's not just Northwestern, right? Dozens of other programs and, and, and different levels of, of a whole bunch of different things could be affected. Uh, we've talked about, obviously, the commissioner of the Atlantic Coast Conference, the commissioner of the ACC. Jim Phillips was the athletic director at Northwestern from 2008 to 2021. He's been named a defendant in at least one of the growing number of lawsuits. Now, also stretching all the way into uh, kind of our sphere here in the triangle, yesterday, former Northwestern offensive lineman Ramon Diaz announced that he was filing a lawsuit against the university, alleging hazing and racial mistreatment while he was in the program. He implicates current Duke offensive line coach and run game coordinator Adam Cushing, who was the tight ends coach at Northwestern when Diaz was a player, for being aware of the incidents but not publicly acting against them. This is how the ripple effect goes out and out and out. Another example on the uh, the 2019 Northwestern coaching staff. I just kind of did a quick peruse to see where these these tentacles might reach to, where the, the impact might reach to. Uh, Lou Ayehi uh, was on the Northwestern coaching staff. He's now the running backs coach for the, the Denver Broncos, right? So it's not like it's just coming to Duke. It's not like it's just coming to the ACC. It could go in a bunch of different directions. You never want, and by the way, I hate that we have to put these qualifiers out there, but we have to put these qualifiers out there. Uh, 
if these allegations are true, if they're serious, the most important part is that uh, the victims are, are made whole and given whatever closure they can and, and, and justice is served. Anytime you get a very serious situation, I understand, like a very serious life situation, I understand that sports move to the backseat for the duration. I understand that. However, we are a sports show, so we, we talk about those implications, but I understand where they are in the hierarchy of the priority list of, of life. You never want uncertainty around your coaching staff, right? And that's what this is all providing, right? You Once a name is mentioned, you never know what is going to show up in discovery if any of these things do make it to any kind of court situation, a trial situation. And there are obviously situations in which you have to prepare for the worst, right? It only takes one email, one notes from a meeting, one recording, one message left, one text that shows you knew something and didn't do enough. And, and suddenly everybody has a lot of really difficult decisions to make. And you hate to even let your mind wander there, but we've seen it happen in other situations, right? Like if it's a toxic workplace culture, remember what happened with John Gruden? Emails got, got, leaked the slip to whoever they became public and bada boom bada bam he's no longer the head coach and he had a long-term contract with a lot of money left with the raiders so in, in the the world of the northwestern hazing situation and and like i said it's it's more than that right various degrees of al- alleged hazing toxic locker room culture, sexual misconduct, and racial mistreatment. And some of the uh, allegations are, are quite serious and quite gross and quite heinous in a lot of ways. Um, when that happens, you have to wait and see. You have to uh, wait for the information to come out, but you also have to be prepared, right? Every coach will tell you you prepare for everything, you hope for the best, you prepare for the worst, you prepare for everything else in between. And that means, right, the Denver Broncos, Duke, the ACC, the commissioner's office, everybody that that has any connection to it needs to be prepared. So, prepare. <laughs> that's that's the way we're, we're going to end it. Prepare. Don't let it sneak up on you. Uh, with that being said... Um, Today, there, there's been so much out there about the the Bubba Cunningham interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on Adam Gold's show, which airs directly before this one right here on 99.9. Uh, if you missed any of it, you want to catch the entirety of the interview. It's up on our YouTube page now, 99.9 The Fan. Uh, it's It's been posted from our Twitter. You can follow us there at 99.9 The Fan, or 99.9 The Fan. There's no point in our Twitter handle. Uh, or you can stick around for a, a longer conversation of it coming up right here. By the way, a lot of back and forth online right now between Carolina fans and Florida State fans right now. Kind of going at it right now. Which I'm okay with it. I was going to say, I, I see both sides. Yeah. Florida State feels like their board of trustees and their president is standing up for their future, right? They don't want to get left behind, and their fans are saying, hey, if, if the, the people in the board of trustees roundtable think we need more money, I'm with it. North Carolina is looking around and, and right, Bubba Cunningham is standing up for the ACC. And if and if FSU wants to mess over the ACC, I don't expect Carolina fans to like that, and they're probably going to like that their AD stepped up for them. 
So it's one of those situations where it's kind of, you know what? I'm going to go with, uh, use use your example, Dennis, right? Uh, What's that? Sean Payton talked a little trash to, to the Jets. Aaron Rodgers talked back, and you were like, I don't mind it for either of them. I don't. Right? It kind of makes sense for both. Sean Payton's defending it. Like, if Florida State and North Carolina are going at it on social media right now, fans, I'm kind of like, yeah, you should both be defending your squad. I don't hate it from either side. I'm going to watch. Give me my popcorn. But I don't hate it for either side. 